and boom goes the Episode 66 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, we Jeff, picked... is your refrigerator running? <laughs> uh, no, we, we, we moved everything outside because it'll keep it, you know, much colder outside than it will uh, well, in the fridge. if you're cold, they're cold. You got to bring them in. That's right. You gotta, <laughs> folks. If you're if you're cold, your refrigerator is cold too. You gotta bring it in. Uh, we have uh, a, a a a door has been kicked open, allegedly. A, a forbidden refrigerator door. Yes, that's it, right. It's not a refrigerator door because it is red hot. Is, it, I, is is this the Dawn Star uh, Dark Brotherhood Sanctuary? Because this looks like a pretty forbidden door. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, Paul. Hey, Jeff. Shut the fuck up. I'm not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Skyrim again. All right. <laughs> okay, I've just I've been playing that soundbite of Kenta to Kenny Omega <laughs> many many times over the last. It's seven a really days. it's it's a very good shut the fuck up. Like you know, there are different shut the fuck ups out there on different scales of effectiveness, and Kenta's definitely up there with like great shut the fuck ups. Oh my God! Yes, uh, if y'all follow my blog, strongstylestory.tumblr.com, you you will know that uh, yeah, uh, all Elite Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling are apparently working together now, officially in cahoots. In, in cahoots, working so. towards a common end. And now they can now they can really say Bullet Club on. TV they without. can just say Bullet Club. They can just be like, "We're the Bullet Club. Everyone's the Bullet Club." Hey, remember the Bullet Club? You guys like the Bullet Club? I mean, they've been doing that for weeks anyway, but now they can actually say it. Yeah. Although uh, t- t- they're doing that, they're doing the whole the, the too sweet thing. Yeah. They said Wolfpack. They're they're definitely like shouting out properties that WWE just outright owns, which I think is funny. Yeah. Uh, mind you, I know that the uh, the gorillas of destiny are not very happy about this because they keep they still keep uh, you know the G- God are really good workers and uh, really good at maximizing their exposure using different moments and stuff. It's just classic pro wrestling stuff, and I think uh, Tamatonga especially does a really good job uh, inserting himself into things like this, and I think that's the right move. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, the uh, like the... why not? Look, you're the you're kind of the odd man out right now. And uh, you're not getting that shine, you know, from being on American TV. But, you know, you can still get a little rub. 
Yeah. So again, it's something that we've speculated might happen. I mean, I, I, I I've been. This is a, a an oft brought up conversation point on two podcasts that I do. You know, it, uh, it, it, it's, yeah. So, and tonight we're going to see the, the, now in the, in the, uh, the hotel door of your, your podcasting, you know, they have one hotel room is one, uh, uh, property and one hotel room is the other property. And the forbidden door is that door in the middle that doesn't have a knob on the one side. Right. Opens. That's the, the. That's your forbidden door, and that's now open. That's now open. Yeah. So now, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So I, I, I guess I'm going to be doing a lot more writing about AEW now. <laughs> you can well, you can write about doors. You can write about forbidden hinges, forbidden knobs, uh, uh, what, forbidden what, lock assemblies, for, for, forbidden WD forty for when the yeah. The, it's the, just a, the, it's the just a blog creak. about building doors. <laughs> It just slowly turns into a blog about woodworking and like turn, like building nice doors. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. So that, that's all I got. Um, at, at this point, does anybody give a shit about Impact? Because holy shit, New Japan. You know, I mean, yeah. That, again, what you get from Impact is Don Callis, and he is part of this whole and, thing and, now. And, and, and Guns and Gallows. And Guns and Gallows, yeah, and they're yeah. So like the Impact partnership is paying off as it relates to that with because that's what you get from it. Yeah, but and, you know I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what the whole goal was is probably you know AEW saying what's it gonna take for us to get uh, Anderson Gallows and Callus, and they say well you know this this and this and okay. Yeah, after the race is here, you can have a private party. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. And now, yeah, and and now. New Japan officially working with them. You know what that means? Remember, remember that, uh, remember that bit we discussed a long time ago uh, during the 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 Moxley MJF feud. When I can't remember what we said on the last podcast. What do you oh, mean? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> when, when, when we were saying that, uh, like when when MJF was rattling off all the opponents that that uh, Moxley had faced, and he was like running them down because it, you know they were like you know old ECW guys or shit like that. And then uh, we noticed he he never said Minoru Suzuki because we figured that if he said that Suzuki were just gonna appear right behind oh, MJF yes. okay. and, yeah, and, yeah. and start and start you know. Rear naked choking. Oh shit! That's a real possibility now. <laughs> that, that is a, now. that could happen now. Minoru oh Suzuki. my goodness! Oh, the forbidden door. Kick it wide open and leave it there. Don't hold the door. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. K- k- yeah. I. I. I want Minoru Suzuki to just drop <laughs> MJF right on his skull. <laughs> that would be. That would make the I'm entire that would that would I'm make the it. entire thing worth it. But he can put a head bandage uh, to match his abdominal bandage. That's right. Well, let's let's get into that now. Let's uh, let's just move right. Did you see any of Dark? Because I did not. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I, so I wanted to talk about it. It was interesting. Um, so it opens up. Uh, it's April eighteen oh five. Napoleon is master of Europe, and only the British <laughs> fleet stands before him. Oceans are now battlefields. Oh, shit. Wait, I'm sorry. That is Master and Commander the Far Side of the World. That's what I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. Move on. You did not watch Dark. Okay, cool. With that. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm joking. I did watch a little bit of Dark, Um, and there was a fun acclaimed segment where they did, like, their own dinner debonair, but it was a diss rap. Uh, it was a dinner debonair diss, and uh, uh, it was kind of fun. 
I like the energy of it. I love the we're going to talk about the acclaimed in a little bit. Uh, uh, short little tease for later in the podcast. I love the acclaimed. All right, let's go. All right. With that, we go pre-taped Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida for episode 66 of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. We go right in to a minute-long segment where they mention New Japan Pro Wrestling five times in 60 seconds. I'll tell you right now, just right off the rip, I didn't know this one was taped. I didn't notice that. Yeah, this this ha- yeah this was taped. I mean, th- this one was they, in the can. They they never put a live indicator on there, so yeah, th- okay. th- this one had to be pre-taped. Yeah, but, that makes sense because I know they were selling tickets for last week for Beach Break, right? So they probably taped this with Beach Break. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and it makes sense because you know Kenta's availability. Right, and the Kenta was the. Uh, it's all coming together, Jeff. It's all coming together. But. We go right into our first match of the evening for the TNT Championship. Darby Allen defending against Joey Janela, and there was no Sunny Kiss, so already I was yeah not I'm about this match <laughs> without Sunny Kiss. Well, yeah, it sucked that Sunny wasn't there ringside. I was really hoping Sunny would be there. Uh, wasn't. Oh well. This was a fun match, though. Uh, I thought uh, Joey had a, a really good performance. Not Joey. Is he slowing down or has he always been just kind of slow? Um, I think he's slowing down. I think he's slowing down a little bit. I don't know. I and mean, he's only like 30, so I don't know. It's not like he's I mean, getting I, I, or anything. I, mean, I never thought he was great, but yeah, he was definitely. I've seen Joey put some really good matches. I didn't think this was a bad match. I thought he was just like a half step behind Darby a lot of times. Yeah. But I don't think it was bad, and I don't think it was poorly executed or anything like that. And I think, uh, you know, he and Darby have really good uh, in-ring chemistry. This is like their fifth match in the last couple of years, I want to say. Yeah, they, they've like had it, a, they've yeah. had a few in the last couple of years. They've done some. They did a, a no ring at Suburban Fight Pro, which rocks. If anyone hasn't seen Suburban Fight Pro, I urge you to check that out. Some of the coolest no ring matches out there. I saw one in Vegas live. That was a blast. Um, and Darby's really great in those type of matches. And he was pretty good in this one, which he yeah. which he wins by coffin drop, uh, retaining the uh the TNT championship his second defense of the title um there was promise of uh interference from team Taz but they never showed up in this, in in this segment <laughs> mind games uh we then go to a pre-taped John Moxley backstage promo and uh Mox as the IWGP U.S. heavyweight title with him. We have an IWGP title on AEW programming lately. It feels just right to see Mox with a belt on his shoulder. There's something about just he's such a good champion, I think is what it comes down to, is he's really good at carrying a belt and looking and feeling and sounding like a champion. We talked about this during his AEW championship run. And as soon as you strap a belt on his shoulder, that energy just comes right back. And he's so good at like, this is like an expository, like let's catch you up on the storyline promo, right? Like let's get you there. A lot of the times these things are pretty boilerplate, pretty lame. They just get you there to there. Mox has such a unique way of, of making that stuff interesting and really, um, I guess just being cool and awesome about it. Just being cool. He's just good at being cool about it. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, you, you, you're right. There is something. It, it felt right again having him holding a title, which you know. Again, I lost my train of thought there because I was just like thinking about Mox. I was just thinking about him being cool and snarling and uh, and in- inflecting his voice in different cool ways yeah. and snarling some more and doing that thing with his shoulders. And, and saying, that like, saying Kenta looks like a dork, you know. <laughs> you know? He did call Kenta a dork, yes, which yeah. very good. You know, I, I, again, we, we have to ask, in light of what we know of, of how he's done in AEW and New Japan since he left WWE, what, how did Vince not just not strap the rocket to Mox? I think, oh, the oh, the Mox stuff, yeah. I mean, and even uh, Mox's Dean Ambrose championship run was very good. Like, I remember watching the night he won the title, and uh, that was awesome. I think it was that Money in the Bank 2016, something around there. And uh, I thought his title run was great, and you could really see it then. But yeah, they just really, I think they, they hung on to the Shield stuff uh, way too long. I think that was a big part of it. They, they should just let him be Mox, you know, even if, even, even if it was under the Dean Ambrose name. Yeah, you know? well, that was the biggest thing. And like Dean Ambrose was a different character at the end of the day. And like when you let Mox be Mox, you see what you get. You get, I think, the best champion in all of professional wrestling over the last year plus. I mean, there, there's an argument for Tetsuya Naido, too, but, you know. There's an argument for it. There's an argument, but there's an, also an argument for, for John Moxley. Oh, yeah. No, totally. I, I, it's I, it's a conversation worth having, and I think that says enough, you know? Indeed. Actually, go Shiozaki, too. There's, there's an argument for him as well. But anyway, we're, we're, we're derailing. You know what? I'm just going to say it right out here while I can, while you know, while it happens, before it happens. I am the biggest Keiji Mudo fan that you'll ever meet. Like, he is my all-time favorite wrestler. If Keiji Muto beats Go Shiozaki for Noah's, you know, the GHC title on Friday, I think that will be one of the biggest mistakes in professional wrestling history at this that's, point. That's a tall order. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so uh, we go backstage to another part of backstage, and Sammy Guevara wearing a Nancy Sullivan shirt. So uh, I have to give some props for that one. Um uh, goes into the uh, the inner circles area and kicks everybody out except MJF and the cameraman. And he's okay. So important thing to note about this segment: they specifically noted that the cameraman was going to stay. Right? Y- yes. They said keep the cameraman. So now, in universe, in kayfabe, in character, in segment, the cameraman is there as well as in real life. That's correct. All right, continue. Uh, during this time, Sammy Guevara finally confronts MJF and accuses him of trying to, you know, take over the, the inner circle. Uh, MJF does some real, you know, abuser talk, you know, try gaslighting shit. Oh, he did. He did gaslight him. <laughs> I said that too. I was like, oh shit, MJF's gaslighting. Yeah, he, he was completely gaslighting while also recording the conversation in order to, to try to nail, uh, Sammy. Uh, you know, saying that he was trying to, you know, take over the inner circle. And it's like, which, which at, this is the point at which the logic of the segment completely shatters into a million pieces because what the camera happened? was already there. <laughs> why, why does any of this? Ma- yeah, I'm, I came away from this very confused, Jeff, and I don't think I'm alone in that uh, sentiment. What the fuck? Yeah. So, so so Sammy's mad that MJF 
has a camera and he's recording, but you're, you're saying this in front of the cameraman that you said could stay and broadcast live to almost a million people. Right. But at the same time, MJF doesn't seem to realize that all, but also MJF doesn't seem to realize that his, his recording of the audio recording is an exercise in futility because there is a cameraman there broadcasting. But we know he does know paper. that there's a cameraman there, but because they said the cameraman can stay. Right, but th- that's the thing. But then what? So then he also the, knows the, that there's are, a cameraman what's there. The point so of... it doesn't. None of this has any point. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No, it, yeah, exactly. The intro logic completely fucking broke. Doesn't fucking make any sense but you know what sammy guevara you know gut punches mjf and that kind of ruled so you know no it was a good gut punch and like here's the thing though their heat and animosity towards each other i think is good and i think they're doing a good thing when they're like facing off and when they're like head to head and when they're like uh uh, really like against each other but there's no need for like any of this extra little bullshit. Like they could have just argued. Yeah. Except like the recording shit was just like so on. Un- who's whose fucking idea was this? Who booked this shit, Bruce? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. This was yeah. That was now it's not, a different podcast. Uh, uh, I'm gonna sell you mortgage and some boner pills, dude, dude, dude. Yeah, that just was not a good segment. What if I just did all different Bruce Pritchard characters every segment on this show? That was the new thing I did. Just like, hey, I'm Chip Cornette now, motherfucker. Double cheese, double onion. You know, I I think I'm going to have to get the audio of that that Kenta shut the fuck up because it's going to (laughs) be used a couple of times here. (laughs) Our second match of the evening, a tag team contest between uh, Cody Rhodes and apparently the newest member of the Nightmare family. Not quite the newest. You got to be up first of all. First of all, Jeff, you need to be up on your Nightmare family roster activity. Okay. Okay. So what have I missed? Big Shot E has been part of the Nightmare family for kind of a while, actually. Is that Um, right? The newest member is uh, Aaron Solo. Oh, okay. Later, uh, Aaron Solo uh, in in there, uh, famously uh, husband to Bailey. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, Aaron Solo's in the Nightmare Family too. But yeah, Big Shotty getting one of his first shots. Um, most notably, AEW's top jobber, uh, winless going into this match. Indeed. He, he's done his young lion time, but he is uh, up against uh, Peter Avalon and Cesar Bonini, who Cesar Bononi, Bononi, excuse Bononi. me, Bononi, my bad. I, 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 can't, I, can't re- I can't read my own chicken scratch. Sorry. Cesar Bononi, who fun fact was uh, NXT's uh, uh, top uh, future star and their 2017 year end awards. Aha. Uh-huh. And here he is on released, AEW Dynamite. Uh, a half years later. And here he is on AEW Dynamite. Uh, also featuring is uh, big boy Brock Anderson, the son of Brock Arn. Arnson. And he looks like Lar- he looks like Henry Zabrowski and Ben Kissel. He's Ben Kissel size, but looks like Henry Zabrowski. 
Uh, yeah, he he looks just like his father. <laughs> there yes. is, yeah, there is no denying who that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at first I was like, who's this guy who looks like Henry Zabrowski? And then when they said it's Arn Anderson's son, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, this was just a TV tag match. Yeah. And a uh, bit of a... Momentous I like that Cody used used his position to to get some other guys over. Uh, I thought that was it's effective, and uh, the kind of match it's fun to have, you know, on TV. And uh, yeah, Lee Johnson gets his first career AEW win. Big uh, shot, pinning, pinning Peter Avalon. He get yeah, uh, good stuff, fun stuff. I like the pretty Peter Avalon thing a lot, man. I think that's uh, it's yeah. Really the, good. The, I I never knew about the martinis, you know, doing doing the uh, yeah, the, the, the 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 Rosalados or the uh, the uh, the Meteora, basically. You know, yeah, no, Peter Peter's a good wrestler. Um, not the biggest guy, not the strongest guy, but uh, he can work. And uh, when he has a character that is fun, there's a lot of use for him. Uh, afterwards, Tony Schiavone tries to interview uh, Lee, and he kind of stumbles a little bit. But he also says he he doesn't have the words right now, and he I don't have the words right now. It's not like half of your job as a pro wrestler is words or anything. Well, it's mean, fine. Yeah, well, you, come, you, you, up, come up with something later. It's totally cool, dude. Right. No, worry about it. Worry about it some other time. <laughs> not when you're gonna win this wrestling match. I mean, I, I mean, no, don't worry the... about it. We'll talk. Don't, we'll, we'll interview you some other time on a Wednesday night live in front of a million people. It's cool, dude. No, I mean, well, no, I mean, you, you, you can see the character bit there, though. That, oh, holy yeah, shit, yeah. I actually won this. Oh, my God, you know. But, yeah, he was 0 like, 29 going into that. So, yeah, yeah good for big shoddy Lee Johnson getting himself a dub. Uh, we then go backstage, and the Young Bucks are being interviewed by Dasha Gonzalez with uh, when the Good Brothers show up and start name-dropping a whole lot of trademarks that we uh, alluded to earlier. Um, yeah. And uh, the Young Bucks are kind of ticked off at the Good Brothers and said that they, they completely blew it, their, their big shot on the pay-per-view. And now, uh, so now instead, uh, the Young Bucks are challenging uh, Santana Ortiz to a title match next week on Dynamite. Which, okay, cool, let's go. Cool. And this is an interesting thing coming. Well, we'll talk about, you know, why that's, uh, that's going to be something with all this inner circle stuff going on, I think. Indeed. Uh, we then go to Adam Page and Matt Hardy, and Matt Hardy's trying to liquor up uh, Adam Page, and uh, they they agree on on Matt Hardy's Trying dime. or succeeding? Well, hold on, we're, we're, you're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, I Bobby I Bobby Heenan'd you there a little bit. You you, you kind of bash at the beach ninety six you. You did. Um, as uh, but who as, is he with? <laughs> God damn it, Bobby! Shut the fuck up. No. You know what? No, you know, hang on. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna address a a, a beef about that. No, okay. that was no. Bobby Heenan did not ruin anything because that was completely in character for him because he has never in character at least, maybe in real life too. I don't know. He he never trusted or 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 liked or believed Hulk Hogan ever. So yeah, no, that's that, true. So that the two be- things that make that okay, and I'm I'm not I like to joke around, but I agree with you. And also because Bobby liked to do the thing where he said a thing that was wrong, and then when it's proven wrong, he says the other thing and said, "I believe the other thing all along." Yeah, right. And that's like a classic Bobby Heenan. Like 
and then when he turns, he's like, oh, I knew all along. I knew that was going to happen the whole time. Right, of course. Yeah, no, 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 no I'm with you there. Um, as uh, as Paige and Hardy break up after making their date, uh, they run into the Dark Order. Adam Page runs into the Dark Order. And it's kind of awkward, but the best part of this is that Anna Jay still looks really shitty at Adam Page. She's not happy. She is not happy. She is she not happy. She doesn't she, forget. The great one doesn't forget. Don't fuck with number ninety nine. Number ninety nine might be a future leader of Dark Order. Yeah, she uh, she she is taking this den mother thing to uh, to new levels. I good. I think that it'd be a really. I talked about Anna J being a potential leader for Dark Order on the podcast before. I think it's a very interesting direction to take it. I like that they haven't put a leader out yet, and I like that we're holding that back. What are you talking about? Negative. Dark- what are you talking about? Negative one, dude. True, negative one is okay. I, I take it all back. Never mind. Yeah, you forgot about that. But it, uh, until it, she'll be like the 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 she'll be like the 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 queen regent in that you know she will run the thing until negative one is you know fully grown and it, able to. If, if they if they Cersei and Joffrey this whole thing, that's kind of cool. That's a game of Game of Thrones thing, is it? It is a Game of Thrones okay, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you said Fair. queen regent, so I just started thinking about that. Right. Right. On that note, speaking of royalty, our third match of the evening, uh, Billy Big Fish Bollocks pack. Billy Big Fish Bollocks. (laughs) Against, well, we had to combine, you know, Billy Big Bollocks and Billy the Fish somehow. Uh, Against Ryan Nemeth. I had one of those hanging on my wall back in the day. What, uh, Billy Billy Fish Bollocks? (laughs) Uh, This was a... Take to the river. (laughs) This is a pretty. Except the Billy Big Fish Bollocks would sing like uh, I don't know what's Newcastle's uh, like hooligan song, whatever that is. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, whatever Newcastle's hooligan song is, uh, yeah. in that here. Yeah, exactly. All I know is the blowing bubbles one for West Ham. Right, uh, there's that. I, uh, uh, Green Street Hooligans, and uh, Glory Glory Man United. Yeah, there's that. Oh yeah, there's a there's quite a few others, you know, out there, you know. Uh, there are there are plenty. Are you gonna sing one for us? Uh, I'm not. I, I don't really feel like I, singing any Arsenal uh, anthems right now. So because they're, they're they're back to sucking again. So. One day we're gonna make you sing a soccer hooligan song on the podcast. I mean, we. I I've mean, sang Judas on the podcast, so like you kind of owe me one. Well, wait a minute. We've sung Baltimore on this podcast. We have sung Baltimore on the podcast. True. I sang, uh, and I. We sang, have a duet. We have my solo. You owe us a solo. So I, you've now proven right again. No, I did one last week. Okay, well, again, <laughs> proving my point earlier, of I don't remember what we said in the last podcast. Yeah. By the way, Pac won this match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Pac wrestled the match and won. Yeah, and uh, this is a, a great little squash, and Ray Phoenix was there. So I'm super here for if, if Ryan Nemeth's gig here is just get his ass kicked by the top guys in the AEW roster, he can stick around. He's doing a great job. Uh, he did a really good job last week getting his ass kicked by Cody. He did a really good job this week getting his ass kicked by Pac. Uh, I loved his sell of the, uh, uh, what does Pac call his Rings of Saturn? Oh, the Brutalizer. Brutalizer. It's the Rings of Saturn. But it's the Brutalizer. Um, and uh, he did the tongue out uh, thing, and it was really good. I uh, thought it looked great. Black Arrow was nice. Never gets old. I'll never get tired of it. The overhead camera for the Black Arrow, very cool. Yep, that, that, that's a former Open the Dreamgate champion. He is I'm telling you. Uh anyway, yeah, glorified squash, but really fun. 
So we move on to a recap of the wedding from last week. And Miro is, uh, well, he, he's not happy. But you know what? The ending bit with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor just sitting, drinking champagne. Beautiful. Fun stuff. Yeah, good stuff. The I was watching this Kip and Miro and uh, Penelope thingy. Oh. <laughs> and just thinking to myself, why? Why are we still doing any of this? Why is any of this happening? Like some, we get some good stuff out of it, but like Miro, <laughs> we have Miro here and he's doing this shit. And it's just this whole thing from its inception feels like it's only rescued by its sparse, like really good moments, but it's mostly a slog and I want it to be over. Uh, yeah, I, I feel you, but you know what? Orange Cassidy always makes everything better. That, but that's the thing is like the the presence of Orange Cassidy and Chuck and like Miro's like a couple moments where he's being really intense have basically saved this whole thing from being like a complete waste of everybody's time. Yeah, which to be fair, it really kind of has been. And it could it could become that again at any moment. So I feel like we need to find a way to move on from this whole thing. Trent's hurt. Trent's out anyway. So let's let's like get like Miro to split away from Kip and Penelope. Yeah, That's what we do. Let, let's move on dot org. I mean, you know, let us. Move, yeah, let's move on dot org. Let's do what Bruce Springsteen said and get all back to the middle. Let's get right back to the very geographical center of AEW. Ooh, did you see the thing uh, that got revealed that uh, about uh, Mr. Springsteen and uh, his uh, his DUI? Yeah, and you know, uh, I saw you know great poster and great dude. Uh, low in action, Alex Nichols uh, mentioned that uh, Long Island and Billy Joel uh, have a big W over Jersey here because you know Billy Joel would never get arrested for this. They would just let him do it. No one would report him. They would just clean it up. They would just say, "All right, Billy, have a good night." Yeah, cor- corruption's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's just family. <laughs> it's just a one Long Island family. It's just them taking it's you're taking care of your own. Speaking of families, uh, we go backstage with the inner circle just pre match. Wait, 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 wait! You're telling me if Billy Joel drove his car through your house, you'd call the cops? No, I kick his ass. Well, I mean, you have that <laughs> coming, but you wouldn't report it. You wouldn't snitch. Well, no, I ass kicking is fair. That's like you know. Well, no, I he, wouldn't. Well, no, you gotta I, rough him up a little bit. Well, no, of course I wouldn't call the cops because fuck the police. But you know, you know, yeah, I kick his ass. You think you could kick Billy Joel's ass? Yeah, man, I, I, I'd be totally down for kicking his ass. I say, look, man, you haven't done, and I tell him he hasn't done a good song since we didn't start the fire too. Whoa. So there, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. It, it was all downhill after the Down Easter Alexa, buddy. <laughs> You bastard. <laughs> so I thought uh, we were done talking about a pack. <laughs> anyway, MJF shows up. He he has his ribs tape DDP style. And uh, as we go into the fourth match of the evening, uh, Chris Jericho and MJF, your number one contenders to the AEW World Tag Team titles against the acclaimed. And uh, you know what? I got to say, I actually uh, didn't mind uh, the rap this time. 
Yeah, so remember that thing I said earlier in the podcast that I love the acclaimed? Let me just circle back around to that and say, I love the acclaimed. Uh, I have a note here where it, it says, now they show Sonny Kiss? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sonny Kiss, she, she's not getting her, her just due here. Eventually, Sonny will get that. Here's the thing. Sonny is like 27, maybe. Sonny is young. Sonny has a lot of time. This is a show that's going to be on TV for a long time. I was thinking about that yeah, quite we, a bit today, We think. Like, I, I mean, you know, it feels pretty, it feels pretty safe. It feels pretty safe at the moment. I mean, so far, uh, so good. But, you know, the bottom can always, as we know, the bottom can always drop out at any second. Absolutely. But let's assume that the, this show is on television for the long haul. Uh, you got to start, you know, you have to think in those terms. I was thinking about that in relation to Scorpio Sky today. And Scorpio Sky's abandoned singles run. Remember when Scorpio Sky was going to be just focusing on singles and then Scorpio was like walking out to his own music and like getting big wins on dark that like and getting into the rankings and uh, supposedly gearing up for like a title shot or like being up there had that one TNT title match against Cody. Uh, All that stuff was happening and then kind of we just stepped that back. Yeah. Uh, and, And how disappointing it is to see that. But also like a lot of things have changed, right? And I think as, you know, we have to address it, Brody Lee's passing changed probably a lot of stuff and probably had an effect on the booking uh, all around for probably a long time to come, too. You have to shuffle a lot of things around because Brody, you have to imagine, was going to be a pretty pivotal part of the main event scene of this show for a number of years. And now you have to start thinking differently and in terms of years, right? And I think Sonny Kiss will get his due uh in in due time but i think we're talking years not months well i hope so because i mean she is one of the best talents on the roster absolutely no question but rarely gets featured yeah i don't i don't think uh aew is missing that i think they're just waiting to pull the trigger and you have to be very patient that's just how it goes with these things Anyway, uh, MJF sells the ribs for most of this match. The match was okay. Again, it was another TV tag match. It was, it was, yeah. it was fine. You know, two two heel teams. You know, trying to cheat to win all the way through. Yeah, the theme well, of this sounds, sounds show like that, sounds like that New Japan show from this morning. So. <laughs> the theme of this like show, this episode of Dynamite, outside of the main event, was really like storyline progression. Let's catch some stuff up. Let's get a couple things moving along. We didn't really get anything to an end. It's a lot of it was kind of, you know, in the middle. This is all act two kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And on that note, so, you know, Chris Jericho, of course, wins it with a Judas effect. And then the uh, most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. No, I will say the acclaim got some shine. Jericho did the thing that he's been really good at doing in AEW and, uh, you know, highlighting and showcasing young talent, putting guys over, making them look good. He made the Acclaim look very good, and uh, it was a pretty fun match. And I thought one of the Acclaim's best wrestling matches uh, they've had in their run thus far. Uh, after the match, Sammy Guevara finally shows up with the entire assembled inner circle and uh, finally makes good on his promise that if anything else happens regarding MJF, that's it. He's done. He walks he quits. out. He quits. He walks out, and Jericho once again has that deer in the headlights look that he always does every time 
that you know he gets blindsided by something that he should have seen coming from a mile away like you know the why is my name on this list you know <laughs> that that sort yeah, of thing or like or like contracting COVID nineteen from uh, playing a motorcycle rally in Sturgis. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yes, quite. So uh, yeah, Sammy Guevara takes his leave. He 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 leaves the arena, and uh, I'm sure we'll see him back uh, next week. And Alex Varvez says, uh, you know, wants to get some words. He says, I need some time away from all of this. All of y'all. He says, I think I'm guessing we'll get. I think we'll get a vignette or a pre-tape segment or like an away from the arena segment from from next week is what my guess will be. Quite probably. Speaking of being away from the arena, we go back to the adventures of Adam Page and Matt Hardy as Matt Hardy gets fake drunk so he can try to con Adam Page into one of his uh, into one of his uh, his completely exploitive contracts. Thing is, I was, I don't very think... some very sus behavior all throughout this episode. We got the gaslighting, we got the fake drinking to exploit people. Some very sus behavior. But here's the thing: I don't think that Matt Hardy seems to realize just how much, how much of an expert professional drinker that Adam Page actually is. So I, I'm pretty sure that when he was scribbling on that contract, he probably wrote "Go suck an egg" instead well, because I... he really just kind of wants to be left alone right now. You, ooh, you think maybe that's what it is? I, I think so, because he looked pretty excited to sign that paper, and Matt Hardy didn't even take a look at it. Oh, that's a good twist. I uh, like that. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see that. It, it, it says, you know, like, you know, go go fuck a tree or something. You know, ah. Just, Sorry, that's actually my phrase, so I don't think he... he I don't think Adam Page would write no. no, I think he would probably say, uh, I think Go Second Egg is pretty good. Um, uh, go Ride a Donkey instead of a horse. Yeah, something. Uh, yeah. Go uh, Shovel a Horse Poop. Something. That really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> I don't know. That's the new catchphrase that everyone's saying. When we come back. Don't shovel a horse poop, <laughs> will you? When we come back, Tony Schiavone tries to once again to interview Steve Stinger, and once again, Steve Ta- Stinger, such what, a good name. That's a porn name. What, if what, I didn't porno, my name would be Steve Stinger. <laughs> once again, Taz interrupts, and uh, oh my God, they've kidnapped Darby Allen and put him into a body bag, and they're dragging his ass away. Yeah, Darby Allen just straight up went out like Big Show's dad. Uh, the funniest thing about this is that saying that Sting is in hot pursuit when Sting was like kind of just you know sauntering along. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was in like lukewarm pursuit, something like that. He was moving deliberately. We then go to Kenny Omega and Alex Marvez and Don Callis on the golf course, and it's whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, he's golfing. He's it's golfing. nice activity. Yeah, it's a, yeah, nice, nice activity. Our fifth match of the evening, Thunder Rosa versus legit Layla Hirsch in the first match of the Women's Eliminator Tournament. Uh, so if you are if you were out there asking, will this tournament be on YouTube or will it be on TV? The answer is yes. Indeed. Uh, yeah, the entire Japanese bracket is going to be on YouTube. 
which I'm kind of not happy about because I interesting and understandable, but also I feel like maybe you should have aired one or two of these matches on dynamite, especially if you're doing pre-taped dynamites anyway. Yeah. And especially Maki Ito, which, you know, maybe they just decided maybe America really isn't ready for Maki Ito. America's, but here's the thing. They're right. We're not. I mean, I am. And you are because you we, think, we, no, know, uh, we no, know, no, 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 Maki Ito. Jeff, we think we are. When we can, we're allowed to think we are, but we're not. No one really is. Look, I've seen Maki Ito in New York, okay? You weren't ready then either. But I'm ready now because now I've had are the you? experience. Are you? Yes. Do you think so? <laughs> Do you think so? I don't think you seem to understand how much Maki Ito I've watched. <laughs> you think you have. <laughs> are you have gas- you? Are you gaslighting me, sir? Is it? Is it? Am I? I think you are. Anyway, this match it this match it fucking ruled. Yeah, very good. Layla is awesome. Yeah, and so so is Thunder Rosa, and you put those two together, and they're both awesome. And that this uh, match that Tope Con, was it a Tope Con hero out uh, that Layla did uh, really good. Yes. Oh, gee. Yeah, the, one of the, the best small people doing a tope I've seen in recent. There were there were some great, you know, so many good counters and a lot of mat work in this one too. Yeah, uh, Rose is a really good mat uh, wrestler as well. Oh yeah, so no, no, this match ruled. So yeah, no no complaints. Really, really good. Uh, it sucks you can't see both of them move on. You know, it's a tournament, so someone you like has to lose. Uh, but you know, Rosa was gonna move on. Oh yeah. Oh, I also like the uh, promo that uh, the the inset promo that Thunder Rosa cut. Yeah, before the match, you know, I I, I do like the fact that AEW does that because it gives it like that old, you know, say morning WWF. Feel, right, you know, but they, they do it with like a with like the HD camera angles and stuff. And they use really modern kind of shots and framing oh, yeah. for. So I think that's really interesting that they do that kind of style, but they don't like because usually when you see that, they'll also like do it with like the old school looking backdrops and kind of frame it like uh, like the top half and kind of stuff. But with these, they're more like close ups on the face. They're in high definition. They got the soft focus behind the uh, the figure. Uh, I think it looks really cool. Uh, after that, Tony Schiavone and Jungle. Oh, sorry. Thunder Rosa gets the win on. Uh... On Lilyhurst, so yes, pity is she's out already. But yeah, th- th- Rose th- is probably th- a favorite for this tournament, right? Oh, she has to be. Has she even signed a contract yet? That we know I'm of? not sure. We need to find that out. Interesting thoughts, hey, folks. If you are an expert in AEW contract signings, uh, you can check us out and uh, hit us up on social media at BGTD Podcast on Twitter. And uh, let me know if Thunder Rosa has a contract. Backstage, we go to Tony Schiavone interviewing Jungle Boy, and uh, my dogs were uh, were barking at this point, so I had to take <laughs> them out. So what did I miss, uh, if anything? You know, I don't really remember, man. I think I was grabbing another beer. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm sure they talked some shit against... Uh, I'm sure he talked some shit against uh, FTR and all them. Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, he was. It was a promo. Jungle Boy is cool. Moving on. Moving on to our main event of the evening. The, the Forbidden Door match. Forbidden Door match! In which John Moxley, your IWGP US Heavyweight Champion, and 
Lance Archer versus. This door is so forbidden that you have to murder somebody and then go sleep at an inn so that an initiate comes and uh, uh, brings you to do the Black Sacrament. Indeed. Now I've lost, completely lost my train of thought. Thanks, asshole. <laughs> uh, versus your AEW world champion, Kenny Omega, and Kenta. And, uh, yeah, in a lights-out match, this match uh, was awesome. I love this match. Lights-out, also the name of a major side quest in Skyrim. <laughs> was it also the name of an MMA fighter? Chuck Liddell, uh, Chuck Liddell, wasn't it? Yeah, well, Sean Merriman, also NFL Sean Merriman, went by Lights Out. Oh, is that right? I think there's a whole, no Chuck, it, Chuck Liddell was the Ice Man. Am I thinking of that? Maybe Sean Merriman because he also who did was, fight. Who was Lights? Yeah, who was Lights? Anyway, if you know who Lights Out was, uh, hit, anyway, if you know someone that was Lights Out besides Sean Merriman, uh, hit us up at BGTD on Twitter. Um. <laughs> This match was awesome. It's, yeah, it, it was, took a minute to get going, but when it got going, it was going. It it was especially awesome when they went into the kitchen because yes. I, I I I wish somebody would have used the can opener, you know, the 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 industrial size can opener that was posted to the table there. I wish that somebody had locked someone else into a, a walk in freezer. But you know what? Uh, Lance Archer using an entire box of potatoes as a weapon. <laughs> Yeah. Now talk about potatoing someone. Hell yeah. And, my, and I think they actually did. I think they started throwing potatoes at one point. That's the most acceptable potatoing you can do in a wrestling match. <laughs> With actual potatoes. <laughs> well, I guess Daily Place is a food call. You know, it's a perfect move to do in 2021 because, like, all satire and, like, subtlety is just, and subtext is just dead now. And, like, in a world where all that stuff is dead... Just hit a guy with a fucking potato. Um, I'm I'm sure that Deli Place's food cost is probably going to be through the roof now. They waste so much food in these matches. And, like, I was just talking about um, Halftime Heat on my other podcast, Fake Fight, Real Fight. And uh, another match, they wasted a ton of food. Just whole packs of bread. They're just, like, throwing and hitting bread and all kinds of shit. Like, does, does nobody realize the food they cost? They just destroyed either? a catering table at Halftime Heat. Like, yeah. there was... All the scrambled eggs and like all kinds of ham and uh, uh, big tubs of rolls. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I assume you've worked food service. I have worked a bunch of food service. Because God knows I did too. For for, oh, yeah. for years, I cooked at night while I was doing IT work during the day too. Oh yeah, so. in high school I did banquet, so I was a banquet hall service guy. So Ooh. you carried that. Yeah, I did banquet hall stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I waited tables. I did exposition, expediting. That's uh, not exposition. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just, uh, I would just stand, I would stand between the cooks and the uh, the waiters, and I would just like catch them up on what was going on. Well, I was always a, uh, yeah, I was. I was always a cook. I, I, I could, just like I, I could tell, never work. Like, I, would, I, could, I would stand between the cooks and the waiters and explain to them the plots of my favorite uh, movies and TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> I was the expositioner. I I, I could never. I'd be I, like, I, yeah, yeah. And so and, and then uh, and then Jesse was like, "Yo, Mister White, bitch, bitch." And Walter was like, "Yo, we have to cook." And uh, Walter's son had changed his name. And Skyler. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was never a. Uh, I was that's not, the show, I, Dexter. I was never a server. I was always a cook. 
I, I don't think I could. I, 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 no, I, I just never had the temperament. I knew I could never be a server or bartender because at some point I was just going to lose. It, I barely keep it together working IT as it is. <laughs> you know? but, that was a pretty uh, good server, but uh, working in restaurants sucks because restaurant owners and managers are usually like the scummiest people on earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Kenta did a really cool uh, running uh, double foot stomp from the stage. That that was awesome. Yeah, I've actually, you know, it's funny as you said that I have a gif of it up on my screen right now. You know, we have we had two great corner drop kicks because Thunder Rosa did one to Layla Hirsch and yes. uh, and Kenta did one to I think it was, was it Mox. Yeah, he did it to Mox. The and trash can, one? the trash can one. That's right. The trash can one was really good. And um, I, I somewhere I hope Shibata Katsuyori Shibata is just uh, watching and, and and smiling and and being at, with tears of joy. I mean, it, it, you know, every anybody not named Shibata, I think uh, Kenta's the best at doing it. Right. Oh yeah. Well, Thunder Rosa. The hang was time good he gets, too. it's just look. He makes it look beautiful. I mean, Thunder Rosa's was good too. Thunder's is, Roses is great. I just think Kendas is like really probably like the gold standard for how you should execute that move. Uh, in the end, of course, the uh, Guns and Gallows comes out and, uh, you know, fucks with everything because it's the Bullet Club. Tony Schiavone said this is what the Bullet Club is all about. Yep. And so, yeah, the Bullet Club comes out and makes the save. And, you know, good booking here. Uh, getting to a finish without having to have anyone take like a legitimate pin. Lance Archer looked like an absolute world beater, a total monster up until that point. It took a low blow from two guys and then an attack from other guys to, to get him down. Uh, really worked for me. I thought, the, especially the last five yeah, minutes of this. Yeah, gu Guns and Gallows. Guns and Gallows had to lift uh, Archer up to get. So uh, I think I could do one winged angel. Something we see a lot in these matches um, are like the most important parts have just like been done in the last five minutes, like some of these longer AEW matches over the last couple of months. And I kind of think it just shows like that's the that's like what's so important. As long as you get to a really good finish, you can kind of meander your way to it. And what's memorable is the last five minutes of any match. So if you have like a 15, 20 minute match and the first 15 are like, all right, if your last five are really hot, doesn't matter. So in other words, they're taking the the cue from their partners in the NBA, and only the last couple of minutes really matter. Is what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing: but on the opposite side of the spectrum, the last five minutes in these matches are the most fun, and the last two minutes in NBA games fucking suck. They're annoying to watch because of all the stoppage time. Right, but yeah, right, but they're also the most critical ones. The so. most important and critical, yes, but not the most entertaining. Well, I didn't say I entertaining. Would say, I said but important. I would say in this so purely entertainment product that the ends of these type of matches have been the most entertaining parts. Kenny Omega gets the win on Lance Archer. Uh, Kenta continues to wail away on John Moxley leading up to their IWGP US title match on uh on the uh, 26th of February on NJPW Strong during the New Beginning USA, which, of course, is probably already pre-taped. It's already pre-taped, so... so. You, yeah, you said that this show's already been taped, probably, right? Yeah, I yeah, okay. I have no doubt. Yeah, yeah because they, they, they seem to record these things, like, months at a time. So I was going to ask so. if that was going to take place stateside, or... Yeah, it, it was taped at the LA... It, yeah, it'll be at the LA Dojo. It, okay. it's, it's, on their, it's on their Friday night TV show. Ah, uh, which is all at the LA dojo. So, 
Right. Okay. So, and with that, we fade out for episode 66. Uh, uh, overall, pretty good show. Once again, very angle piece moving heavy. Yeah, definitely. Again, felt like act two stuff. A lot of let's just keep moving along. Not a lot of new stuff, not a lot of conclusion, just a lot of we're going to keep it moving. Yeah, and we do have, you know, we're, we're a mere three week, uh, three or four weeks away from Revolution now, which is going to be, a, yeah, and which, which that, will be on a Sunday, which is going to screw up our entire recording schedule. Some stuff is going to, we'll, we'll keep our, our uh, listeners abreast of that situation. I think a lot of where we're at with this episode is because they had to stretch these stories out another week. This pay-per-view was supposed to be the last weekend of February, but they didn't want to compete with first uh, the Super Bowl last weekend. And then this coming weekend, uh, I think there is a UFC and I think there's a Canelo fight as well. Or just a UFC. I, I don't I don't know. No, no, no. I think just UFC. But they, either way, they didn't want to compete with uh, a couple things on, on separate weekends. So they figured they would wait till March 7th. So this was pushed back a week. Right. So... This it will screw up our recording schedule because we you know if they would have done it on the Saturday like they usually do we could have done a, a, a Sunday recording and and had it up but now it's gonna have to wait till like Monday. We will figure something out, dear listener. Uh, the best way you can find out when that episode is gonna come out, of course, is to subscribe to this very podcast on your favorite platform. Have your notifications turned on, whether it's Apple Podcast, Google, or Spotify or SoundCloud, or wherever you get a podcast. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter at BGTD Podcast, and uh, we'll have all those updates on when those episodes will drop. And what about you? Where can we find you? You find me on Twitter at TV. Twitch at twitch.tv slash thickflare. We just had a really fun stream last week. My other podcast, uh, Fake Fight Real Fight. Uh, Harry Mack, my other, my co-host there, and I did a live stream of the uh, Kurt Angle starred TNA stars movie River of Darkness. It was an awful, horrific piece of shit. It really sucked, but we had a lot of fun talking about it with chat. Uh, yeah, it was like a, a movie about zombie serial killers in a small town where Kurt Angle was like the cop and the uh, uh, head zombie was Kevin Nash. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what this movie was. It was bananas. <laughs> Uh, and not in the good way. It was super bad, but we're going to do more stuff like that, uh, for fake fight, real fight. And so definitely check out my other podcast, fake fight, real fight. You can find that wherever podcasts are podcasted and you can follow that podcast on Twitter at F F R F pod. Uh, our last episode last week was about super bowl stuff. So we talked about halftime heat. Uh, we talked about uh, some great UFC events that took place on Super Bowl weekend. We called the episode Super Bowl Scuffles. And the audio from our live watch-along of River of Darkness will be out Friday as a podcast episode. In the meantime, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter. My personal Twitter, at GDWessel, 2S1L. Uh, I don't have anything else to plug except uh, there's a should be a busting balls coming this weekend. As uh, we have to preview the Champions and Europa League knockout stages because those start next week. So, time to get that. Hey, in. you want to bust your balls right now? I'll bust your balls right now. Hey, guy, what's the matter with you? What are you, like a guy or something? Hey, oh, oh, hey. Are those your last words? No, my last words are, uh, 
Oceans are now battlefields. We'll see you next week. <laughs>